try to work on all your shit. Try not to hold negativity towards people and try to like focus on the future, right? The good shit. Yeah. Because a lot of people struggle with all these things that happen to them and all the, their past shit. And they don't realize how much time they're losing being fucking in this hole. Yeah. You know, and I know it's hard to fucking let shit go and it's hard to fucking figure out a way to process it, but you have to literally spend time being fucking thankful for like the littlest of the littlest shit. Check, check. All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing tonight? Thank you so much for tuning in to Back to Your Story. It's your host, Broccoli Goldberg. Woo, man, this has been a great week. Uh, I actually just uh, got out of a motherfucking quick MRI. Actually, there was nothing quick about it. It was about an hour and a half, just making sure my back is okay. The cervical lumbar and thoracic that being said let's get right into the podcast we have on the um truly amazing stephanie peets uh her story is gonna leave you on the edge of your seat i don't know if there are many people uh in this world that uh, you know could deal with as much as she's gone through um i know we've all been through a lot uh but but her story definitely hits a core uh, that if, for for me at least, for all the people that l- have listened, uh, you know, over over this past year, um, uh, you'll see some similarities in her story. Uh, th- that being said, um, it was a real honor to have her on, and I I hope that each and every single one of you take something from it. Um, if you want to watch this story instead of listening to it, remember you can always head over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com backslash back to your story. Uh, we're going to be having a lot of great things coming down the pipeline. Like I said last week, we're going to be having some merch. We're opening up Patreon. Uh, so just stay tuned, people. I thank you all so much for listening. It really warms my heart. Uh, and without further ado, here is the story of Stephanie Peets. From the land of mystery, where dreams become reality, always listening to stories from the past, the present, and the future. This is back to your story. Check, 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 yeah. microphone. So, how are we doing this evening? We're good. We had a long day. It was, it was, uh, we did a freestyle class. It was nice and muddy and snowy, which Ooh. was unexpected, but it was cool. We made it happen. It still worked. Everybody still had a good time. They rode good. Very nice. Yeah, it was cool. So, uh, real quick, for people tuning in, uh, why don't you give a brief introduction? My name is Stephanie Peets. Um, I am a moto, I guess you could say, enthusiast. Like brand ambassador. I don't know anything on two wheels. I'll pretty much do or try at least once. Um, it's just like my passion. I, I started off modeling for motorcycles in the power sports industry and stuff. So I kind of started with that and then got into riding. Um, as I got older and just start got over holding the trophies for people pretty much. I like that. Yeah. Um, I didn't grow up like in the scene or racing or anything. I didn't really have much growing up. So, 
uh, once I like could make the decision on my own when I was old enough to afford to buy a bike, I bought myself a bike. So it was all definitely like self-created. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. You know, one thing that you initially just said is like, you grew up not having a lot. Yeah. I literally had nothing. It's crazy. Cause, um, it's weird. Like the world we live in, so many people are so afraid to be vulnerable yeah. and talk about stuff just because of, you know, basic ego. But I just came to a point at my, in my life where it's like, I'd rather share my story now because there's so many people that are going through the same things that I went through yeah. that think that they're alone. Yeah. And that's because I felt that way. I was embarrassed to say that like, you know, I grew up really poor. I was super fucking white trash. Like I had nothing. Like I did drugs at a really young age. Like I watched some really fucked up shit happen in my teenage years. So um, it's embarrassing, but like, you know, cause you see these people who grew up like in moto that just like their parents like had them racing and they had dirt bikes and they yeah. had these perfect lives with non-divorced parents and you know, no kind of abuse or anything. So it's like difficult to want to um, talk about it. You know, I, I fully get that. You know, it's kind of maybe one of the things I left out is when we were talking about, you asked me like, what, what, what is back to your story all about? Um, or maybe uh, scummy said for me to share. And uh, one of the biggest reasons that I started the podcast was to share my own personal story because I've been through the fucking mud, uh, drug addiction, abuse, beaten, fucking dad dying at 17, like just like crazy shit. Right. And we've, we've all been through stuff, but when you grow up in an era and a time where it's all about, Oh, the hottest Instagram post or fucking this or that. Right. Wants you to look happy. Exactly. Everybody's happy. Everything's fucking great, but it's not, no, it's not, it's not, it's a facade for sure. It is. I mean, it can be, but that's why it's, super like i love the rawness of people like one of the reasons why i connected with colin was because of something that he had posted and i was like dude that was so huge like so admirable for you to just break down and be vulnerable and open up about that because there's so many people struggling with the same thing that are so scared to open up absolutely so it's It's cool to see that it is huge to see that it's so important that we share these things because when we put them in boxes and we hide them away they just continue to happen and no one has an ability to like grab on and say fuck, I'm going through this. I need help. And for the individual sharing, well, I can help you because this is what I did to get out of it. And so, you know, at least for me, I know, um, I know addiction. I know mental illness. I know that these things run prevalent in my life. And so to be able to share them, um, is so important. And so you coming here today, uh, being willing to share your story, there are going to be tons of people out there that are going to listen to this and attach themselves to it. And that's really like why I want to do it because, you know, you think like, Oh, I have to physically go out and like give people money or go volunteer to actually help. But sometimes just sharing your side of the story helps more than you can ever even imagine. A hundred percent. Just we're just talking to people just to have something for somebody to relate to that will resonate with them, you know, Yes. because feeling alone when you go through this type of stuff is the worst place that you can possibly get to when you go through it, you know? And then that's when it's like, you're basically at the end and people end up committing suicide or overdosing or, you know, it goes, no, that's completely the, the wrong direction. That's you know? exactly it. I've, I've shared so many times on the podcast, um, about my own suicidal, uh, times in my life. Right. And 
if we don't talk about these things, if we don't bring it to the forefront, then, you know, maybe myself, I would have gone through with it, right? Because I was able to attach myself to just hearing other people go through it, a DMT experience, like all these puzzles that got me out of it. But uh, I started the podcast and I said, I I don't give a fuck what it is. I'm going to be so open about it. Um, Things that some of my friends might not want to hear and things that my family definitely never knew about me. Right. Yeah. But I, I didn't care. I did. Yeah. I, it was just, it, it wasn't about me. It was bigger than myself. Yeah. And so for you, where does your story start? It's super, super hard. I mean, I guess it starts like at a very young age, my, my real father left my mom in like, thousands and thousands, probably, I don't know, $80,000 worth of debt. And she had four kids to raise like on her own. So it was extremely difficult. She drank, you know, he left because of drugs. I have older brothers that were like selling drugs and had people in the house like constantly that we didn't know. Like my mom was never home. It was like, it was a fucking madhouse, you know, like parties, keggers, cops. Like I literally watched some dude get his head curb stomped. Like when I was like five years old, like that shit like you don't need to be seeing, you know? So, I mean, it started with that. And then um, my my mom met my stepfather and he was like, to me, he was like fucking the Terminator, dude. Like, I just thought he was like the baddest motherfucker ever. Like, owned a Harley, showed up, like, people were in my house. He'd just fucking throw them out by their fucking hair. Like, he literally took us all in. And he's the one who taught me how to ride motorcycles. Yeah. And he's just a fucking badass. But there were still times like in my teenage years where my brothers were, I was still a fucking bad kid. Like my brothers were doing drugs. Like I started smoking weed when I was like 10, you know, fucking smoking cigarettes. Like I watched my friends when I was like 12, like literally have sex with people to smoke crack. And it was, (laughs) I have so many fucking stories. I don't even know where to start. Like I'm literally trying to kind of focus on one thing, but just, I mean, it as fucked up as it sounds like I did so much fucked up shit. And I, by the time I was 18, I was like, quit smoking weed, like yep. stop doing everything a- at 18. It's like, that's when you should start partying, yeah. you know? Um, there, I mean, there's a lot of things that happened to me that I, I'm not super comfortable about talking about right now. I mean, eventually I'd like to maybe try to get into it, but because this is really my first time kind of opening up a lot of people that. that follow me have no fucking idea, like my background yeah. at all, at all, you know? And I'm sure, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I'm sure they're like, oh, she probably had like great family and great life course, and everything right? is fucking just handed to me or, or I had yeah. money or something. And that's like the complete opposite. And I've never felt like I had to justify or explain myself to people because, I, you know, I don't have to. But it started turning into a point, like we said earlier, like I wanted to share it because I know I can help people. Yeah, you can. You know, you, and you definitely can. And I never had like a drug problem. Like um, I watched my brothers, they're still. Um, my bro- oldest brother is an alcoholic and just lives super trashy and it just got, like I've constantly had to like help him out and it just came to a point where I had to just walk away. My other brother um, actually Colin helped me get him into a rehab and he was supposed to come after, after uh, Christmas and we planned this whole thing out and he was ready to go. And um, he, when we went to pick him up, he literally was like running away from us wow. and that's just, that's just the name of the game with drugs, you know? And it's so sad because I literally see him every day on my way to work on the side of the freeway, like begging for pan- panhandling, you know? Your brother. My brother. And it's, I have to, at a, at a point, like, it's so fucking cry. heartbreaking 
but it's at the same time, it's like, I, there's nothing I can do, you know, because, because unless somebody wants to help themselves, you can't force them, you know, he's just going to go yeah. into a rehab and, and do the same thing. But it, it was heavy. It was super fucking heavy. Cause you know, we were, I was trying to talk to him about it. He's like smoking fentanyl. So it's like, if he doesn't do something now and he's got some pregnant chick with him, that's literally smoking pills, like eight months, but it's the saddest fucking thing ever. Yeah. And it's like, what, what can I do? You know, you know, that other than try to not be that way, you know, not be like, okay, I'm going to be depressed and, fucking bummed and go home and drink myself stupid yeah. and just fall into a fucking hole because what's that how is that how am i gonna help anybody if i'm fucked up you no, know you're not that's gotta be so tough man i um i i couldn't imagine driving down the street and seeing my sister panhandling i i i, I can't imagine that like in, in in just trying to talk to them rationally, and there's just nothing that gets through to them, you know. I understand the drug addiction part, right? Because I've I've dealt with it, um, but that's another level. And 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 for you, um, you're right. You can't do anything. Unfortunately, we cannot control another human being's lives. I've tried it. I've tried it with people. It doesn't ever fucking work. No. You can only be there for support only until a certain point. And then you, sometimes the best thing to do is take just, a step back. You have to, you have you're just to hurting yourself, you know, that's exactly yeah. it. Right. You're just giving in and it's, it's only causing you problems at that point. Um, the only way we can help ourselves is by helping ourselves. And that it, it, it for some people, it never happens. And unfortunately, we have this epidemic of, of opiates in, in the United States of America, all over the world. But um, it's a real fucking issue. Yeah. It's a real fucking issue. And it's really sad to see. I um, I used to smoke fentanyl, sell fentanyl patches, was big in the game, all this shit, right? Um, so, like, I understand. I understand exactly what it's like. I've been there. I've seen it. I've faced it head on. That being said... You as a human being going through this, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's tough. I, I guess I wanted to ask you, let's, let's kind of start really at the beginning. How were you, um, as a kid, how were you introduced to drugs? If well, um, my, you know, my dad left. I don't, the, the fucked up thing is, is, it's so difficult because, um, my mom, I don't have like a super good relationship with my mom either. And she, you know, she did a lot of fucked up shit to, as growing up, it's, and, but it, I mean, I, it's like, it's hard, like, I don't blame her, but at the same time I do, because how do you take on an entire household of kids, like, by yourself with the, having to, she, she was literally our school crosswalk lady and our fucking mailman. Like, she worked so many fucking jobs to make it work, which I, strong, tough as fuck, but she couldn't be there for us the way we needed her to be there for us, you know? Yeah. So there was always shit going on in my house. Like my brothers were, when I was younger, they were, you know, 13, 14, hanging out with, my oldest brother was like 13, 14, 15, hanging out with dudes that were like 18, 19, 20, you know, stashing drugs in the house because they knew my mom was never home. Like there was cops constantly coming to my house, like all the time because we weren't going to school because we'd show up with like fucking 
dirty ass clothes wearing the same clothes to school all the time. You know, we had like my teachers donating us clothes to wear. And this is like the, the very younger years of my life. So that's, that's 13, 14, man. That's, that's, I mean, well, I was, I was four five, six years old, you know? So I was just a baby, but these were my, my brothers, you know, and I watched this and they would smoke weed. So I just sit around and watch them, you know, like that's how I got introduced to it. I I would literally just sit there and watch them break up weed, smoke a bowl. Like I'd be fucking playing with seeds and stems and shit, not knowing what the fuck they were. Yeah. Like that's basically how I was introduced to it. Cause my, it was just, we just lived in the, you know, I don't know if it was where we lived or what it was. It was just, it, that's kind of just the card that we were dealt. My brother was kind of a handful. So that's initially how I was introduced to, to drugs at a re- really young age. And it wasn't, it was just like, I was like a little kid wandering around a fucking house party in the fucking early nineties. A constant party, yes. Like, trust me, I do know what you mean. It it was fucking whack. Like, no kid should ever see any of that stuff. You know, like fights. There was fucking people pulling guns out. There was so much fucked up (sighs) shit. And um, and I didn't. And there was nobody there. You know, I never felt safe at all. So I had no idea like when the next like if I if people would like who's gonna come in the fucking house? Who's gonna move in? Like some. It was just, it was fucking crazy. It was whack. I can't even get into it. But um, I understand. My life was yeah. just like that. It was, it was really just like fucking super trashy. It just a really shitty way t- to live, it's, you know? It, and it's nobody's, I mean, I don't blame my mom. It's just. She thought she was doing the right thing, right? She, I mean, she'd come home and fucking drink too. You well, know? exactly. I and get that. And with everybody and indulge in it. So it's like, she was just so fucking stressed out all the time. How do you. We were just, I was very fucking neglected. I was never spoken to as a kid, you know? When you look back at that moment, or you look back at that moment in time, how did you feel back then compared to looking back now, really understanding what you went through? I mean, then it was like, I see all these people and partying and having fun. And I was just like, this is cool. You know, this is fucking cool. There's all these older people doing fucking cool shit. They're smoking they're fucking smoking out of bongs. There's like girls with fucking, you know, like shaved heads. And it was just, I thought it was all cool. Yeah. You know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It was fucking nuts. I just, I wanted to be grown up because of all the shit that was going on around me. Right. My sister, the first time she ever smoked weed was nine. I was 13. And it was because I introduced weed to my sister, right? Because I grew up in a very similar household, especially after my dad passed away. Um, So I understand. Thankfully, she never got, you know, hard into drugs. Um, But at that moment, it's like, it's so fucking cool. But looking back... I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck was you I doing? You are a child. Why was there not an adult fucking seriously like regulating this? Like what in the actual fuck is happening? Yeah, dude, I'm with you. I get that. Your frontal cortex of your brain is not fully developed until you're 24 or 25. So a nine-year-old or a 13-year-old smoking weed is never a good idea. Oh, no. Right? Oh, yeah. And I'm a huge proponent for smoking weed. Yeah. I have no problem with it whatsoever as long as it's in moderation and you got your shit, right? Because I do believe that people can get addicted to weed just like anything else. Um, that being said, when you started to get older, right, uh, 10, 11, 12, how, what was the dynamic at home? So we had moved out of the house that my, my stepdad basically took us all in because my mom was at a point where she was about to lose the house and we were all going to go into foster care because it was just to the point where it was so fucking bad. Like the cops were at my house, like every fucking, we were like the drug house on the neighbor in the neighborhood, yeah. you know? So when my stepdad came in, 
he basically took my whole family in uh, to his house and we moved to the other side of town. And it was good. Like it was a nice house. It was clean. We went to different schools, but I was still, we were still all kind of like fucking up. You know, he was like the fucking hammer, you know, he was like the voice of reason, but we still all rebelled against him a lot because we didn't have any of that growing up, you know? So me watching my brothers, I was like, fuck him. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. You know, I wish I would have taken his advice a little bit more because now that I look back, I'm like, God, what a fucking asshole I was. Like, I never listened to him. Like, my brother got me high when I was fucking 10 years old yeah. in, a, in a fucking broken down, like, Volkswagen Baja in somebody's back. I got locked in it because I was so fucking high. I couldn't get out. Couldn't figure out how to get out. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fu- it is funny. But, like, you know, I started smoking weed, started smoking cigarettes. I did acid when I was, like, 11. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what the fuck, dude? I get that. And you know, <laughs> that's so crazy. I, I look fucking nuts. I look at kids that my friends' kids that are ten years old, and they're just so fucking like good, and they go to school, and yes. they're so naive to everything. I'm like, please fucking stay this way. Yep. Like, don't, don't fucking change. Don't try to look stay in, that way. Drugs. Yes, I'm I was like, fourteen tripping balls at Disneyland. Yeah, with my. Fa- and you see a fourteen year old now, and you're like, and they're just like, I've I've never seen kids as bad as me and my yeah. friends were in the fucking nineties. I'm like, it Respect. was so fucking bad, but you know, it, he was, he was, it was a lot better, but my mom was still very emotionally distant from us, you know? So he would discipline us, but then there would be nothing on the, any other end from her yeah. because she still drank and he still dealt and they still fought. So there was still a lot of like, like shitty turmoil in the house at times. Um, even though it was a better place, like no drugs, no nothing. I would just go out and fucking party and get yeah. in trouble for being out late and like fucking rage super hard when I was like 14, 15 years going old. Going to raves? Dude, yeah. I like was on fucking, I remember going to this rave, got a whole bunch of ecstasy. I think it was like 15. It was mm-hmm. like some all ages show. Always back then. Yeah, yeah. Some, Until yeah. that girl died at EDC. Yeah. They were all ages. And we were literally like fucking selling ecstasy and buying it. And like I had those Jinkos. Yes, Jinkos. With the big ass fucking like huge giant baggy like dripping looking. And it's like on 60 minutes and it shows like a cut shot of like the waist down of like somebody handing somebody drugs. I'm like, oh my God, those are my, that's my fucking pants. Those are my shoes. Holy shit. That's fucking me. No. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't tell anybody. I'm just like my mom sitting watching TV with me. I'm like, oh oh my God, I'm going to go in my room. Like it was fucking nuts. I'm like this shit that we were doing was just unreal. Yeah, it was crazy back then. Um, You know, when I was. 13, 14, 15, I was like rolling my fucking balls off like every weekend, doing so many fucking drugs. And then I had a friend I grew up with in elementary school. He was like my best friend. Like his older brothers were friends with my older brothers and his older brother dated my older sister. And he was literally like my best friend, like the first first kid I ever made out with. You know, we (laughs) were just like, everybody knew like Jesse was mine and I was Jesse's. Like we were just- You were Jesse's girl. Yeah. (laughs) And um, he ended up like- having to switch schools because his mom put him in a different school. Cause he was getting into too much trouble doing a bunch of drugs. And, um, he ended up killing himself when he was like 15 and it broke my fucking heart because of just doing ecstasy and being, having your dopamine, your serotonin levels just completely depleted after doing so many fucking drugs every weekend. And it was, it like fucking bummed me out. So I stopped doing it. You know, I was you like, guys I, were together. I mean, no, no, we weren't together. He had gone. I hadn't seen him or talked to him in a while, and he was super depressed about going to a different school. And I hadn't seen him since like it was like a, I think a week and a half or something went by, and we had partied like a week that week weekend before, and then like a week and a half later, I saw him, 
he was like, he had to take a different way to school. And I just ended up seeing, seeing him like when I was walking home from school, I'm like, Jesse, I haven't seen you in forever. I mean, cause back then it's like, you didn't have a cell phone, course, you had to like yeah. landline. And yeah. if you weren't home, you missed the fucking call. Yep. So, um, I ended up seeing him sitting on the curb and I just remember seeing him like super fucking sad and he was just super bummed. And then that was the last time I saw him and it just like, my mom told me and, and the way she, my mom even came in that she's like, Oh, by the way, your friend no. killed himself. Okay. Dinner will be ready. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like no, nothing. And I couldn't even fucking believe it. And I was just like, wow, she's just, I don't know how she, she just figured out a way to like emotionally detach herself. Cause I think, I think my mom went through a whole bunch of shit too when she was younger that she didn't quite process properly. So I just, she just kind of, that's just the way it is. You know, I don't think she'll ever really yeah, figure it out, but I've kind of just accepted it. Um, you break the mold. You're going to break the mold. And that's, You're gonna that's like different. one of my biggest fucking fears is like ending up like my mom. Yeah. That's why I was like so fucking frightened. I was like, I do not want to end up like my mother ever. And I, that's to lead into way to now. It's like, that's, a lot of the reason why I was like, I don't want to drink anymore because I'd see her drink. Like I physically would fist fight with her and see her fucking hammered and like making a complete fool of herself and like just, just fucked up, just super fucked up. Yeah. And I just was like, Oh, I don't ever want to fucking be that person. Yeah. And you shouldn't, as a young girl, you should never, you're, you should aspire to be like your mom, you know, it should never be the opposite. No, it, it shouldn't. Um, unfortunately there are people that are dealt cards that uh yeah some are good or some are bad your your card uh sounds very much a lot like my own personal story it's just things that you're saying are connecting just bam 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 you know a lot of times um we you people grow up right and they they have they have parents right and they're kind of they're shitty parents and then those kids end up being shitty, shitty parents, parents and shitty and parents, right? A fucking chain reaction down the line. Yeah. And this is no disrespect to my mom or anything like that. But I, I told myself two years ago, three years ago, however long it was, fuck that. I'm going to be different. I am go everything, um, that, that they did and they, and they weren't terrible. Um, but everything that they did or were relationship wise, whatever it was, I'm going to be different. And, you can either go this way or you can make a hard right fucking turn. And a lot of times for people, it's really easy just to continue on that path. But some of the biggest things that we can do is self-reflection and deflating the ego and looking back at these key moments in our life and go, okay, this is what happened and this is how I'm going to change it. Right. And it sounds like you do that a lot. Um, you just said a set couple seconds ago though, or minutes ago, you're 15 years old and your fucking boyfriend not boyfriend at the time like, like my be- yeah, best yeah best friend like sorry I, best friend yeah, i hadn't had sex yet but yeah, yeah obviously uh committed suicide yeah on top of that you'd been doing a whole bunch of fucking ecstasy which fucking depletes your serotonin and uh i can't imagine going through that what your mom walks in she tells you that what the fuck was that like it was fucking terrible because I, I knew it's just one of those things that when I saw him, I just knew something wasn't right. Yeah. And I knew something, it just felt wrong, you know? And I just felt like something bad was going to happen. I didn't know what I thought maybe like he would get hurt or he would like drop out of school or like they would end up moving to another side of town where I didn't see him anymore. You know what I mean? You don't think of something 
that like major. You don't think it's going to be that fucking like bad. But when, when he, when she told me I was just fucking heartbroken, you know? And like, I would, it was just how, how at 15, like you shouldn't be so depressed that you want to fucking kill yourself. No. You know, you should be going to school, having fun with your friends and like high school sports band, whatever it is, you know, like having, it shouldn't be like I'm doing a bunch of fucking drugs and I, you know, got in trouble and had to go to a different school. And like now I'm, and just, it just, it just, it just should never fucking be that way. Never get that. You know? So yeah, it bummed me out and it, it, it fucking made me extremely like, it just made me start thinking about a lot of shit at 15 that you shouldn't be thinking about. You start to question everything, you know, and like, oh, fuck, maybe I need to start worrying about going to school, focus on school. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't even, I wasn't even that upset that my mom said it so nonchalant. It was just the fact that like, I knew I'd never see him again. That's more what I was so fucking broken about. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I just, after that, I kind of, I stopped, I, it was so fucking long ago, and honestly, like, I did so many fucking drugs as a teenager. <laughs> as fucked up as it sounds, it's hard for me to, like, remember, because I, I remember the happening, I remember going to his funeral, and I remember talking to his mom and his brothers, and, you know, I remember kind of chilling out and going to school and trying to get it back together, and then, um, and then it fucking shit just went right back to where it was. I was, it, it was, I think it was like a month. Actually, it was right before he killed himself. I was doing a lot of fucking bad shit. And I ended up hanging out with some girls that were fucking bad news. And I, like, I had never, I, I was still a virgin at 15. And um, I was hanging out with these girls. And I ended up, like, getting, like, date rape drug. Like, I don't know what the fuck it was, but, like, that's how I lost my virginity. And it was fucking horrible. And that was, like, New Year's Eve when I was 15 years old. And then two weeks later, my friend ended up killing himself. And I dropped out of school after that. And I literally just, shit just went downhill from there. I didn't go back to school until, like, sophomore year. And I still never, I just dropped out, never finished. And, like, just was partying and fucking getting Xanax from Mexico and, Doing, going down to fucking Rocky Point all the time, getting a bunch of pills, and shit was fucking, it was just, it was just really bad. At like 15, 16 years old, like you shouldn't be you shouldn't doing ever. that stuff. No. No. Did, um, did the people ever get caught? Um, the guy, yeah, the guy who did, uh, it wasn't, mm, he had some, some really bad shit happen to him, but, uh, it wasn't the cops. Okay. Yeah. We, we can move on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but going through both of those things back to back, I can't, I, I yeah, 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 yeah. Either one of those things should have never happened, but then both of them. No, and it was, um. you know, I, I try to, I try to look back at it, like a lot of it, my mom was so fucking emotionally distant from all of us like she never even sat down and talked to me about like my period about having sex about having safe sex about any of that stuff so it was like from the get-go of of a kid like I was never actually like any nothing how can I explain this like there was no like hey let me talk to you about like being careful about people or if somebody does this to you or if somebody does this or if you're not comfortable, like never any kind of discussions like that. You know, I was never, so anything that ever did happen to me like that, like I never thought there was anything wrong with it, you know? So I was like programmed at a young age to like, 
and it's not like I have fucking issues with sex now. It's just, I look back on it and I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like I was just so neglected as a kid that I, I just didn't know what the fucking right was right from wrong. You know, I mean, doing drugs, partying, putting myself in a situation where I, that happens is it's, it's fucking yeah. horrible. Yeah. But it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't your fault. Right? I know. I think I have a hard time. Like, um, do, dealing with that. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't blame myself, but at the same time I'm, I'm like, well, you know, I wasn't, I, I put myself in these situations because I was, because of lack of education yeah. from my mo- mom's part. You know what I mean? From yeah. the people who raised me. Of course. Of course. Um, and it's a little difficult. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's, it, I understand why you process it that way, but from the outset, it's you're a child, man. You know, no, 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 no young kid or an adult should ever go through anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, fifteen-year-old kid should be so depressed to kill himself or herself. Right? These things shouldn't happen, um, but unfortunately, they do. And for you, those two things, it was was it kind of like walking off a cliff. From that point? Yeah. At that, that moment, yeah, it was bad. It went downhill and I just, for months, like, was just fucking doing a ton of drugs, ecstasy, pills, like I said. And then um, I think it took me probably like a year after that. I um, I got a job. I think it was like a hostess at a restaurant and I like started going back to school to like finish. Because I was, I, I was really smart. Like I had, um, I had already had like three or four high school credits. Like I was taking... Uh, I took pre-algebra in like seventh grade. Jeez. So I was like already, by the time I, before I dropped out, I was like taking calculus. Wow. So I already had like high school credits. Um, so I was like, I can fucking do this. I can go back and get finished, you know, just so I have my GED because that's, or a high school diploma because that's what you're supposed to have, right? So I was going to this alternative school that was, you just go do all your work on computers. And um, I was dating some dude that was like older than me and like ended up living in his house Cause there was some shit at my, my mom, when I was like 15, 16, 15, 16, like I always got approached by people like, Oh my God, you're so pretty. You should do modeling. Oh my God, this and that, you know? And for some reason, like my mom hated that. Like she fucking hated it because she was drunk and insecure and had all her own fucking issues. So she kicked me out of the house when I was 15 years old because she thought I was legitimately sleeping with my stepfather who was like the dude who saved my life. Yeah, it was Whoa. fucking hard. So I li- I moved in with like this dude that I- he was like 21, I was like 16. And but I was going to school. I mean, we were p- binging on the weekend, smoking weed, fucking partying, drinking, but I wasn't like getting so fucked up that I couldn't like it it wasn't like a a binger. Like yeah. I lived there, I went to school, I was doing all my shit, but it was like I got kicked out of my house for that reason and that was like fucking horrible. So, um what yeah, I ended up fuck? Yeah, I just started working like I Started working, ended up, you know, getting my own place when I was 17 years old. I had my own apartment. And then my my junkie brother moved in with me and I was taking care of him. Jeez. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just from there, like, I, I never lived back home or anything. I've just always pushed so fucking hard to be independent and take care of myself because I never had anybody do anything for me. So... I mean, things like, obviously, I grew up really fucking fast, and I learned the hard way, but from 17 on, like, I was really hardworking. I ended up getting my GED, 
like worked my ass off for anything that I wanted. If I wanted something, I'd just fucking work harder for it. Yeah. So, um, and then I got, as I started getting older, I started doing modeling jobs and started making like really good money doing that. And I like started working for a rock star, like OG rock star. Like so back in the day, back in the day, Jesus. like, like OG rock star when you had to actually go to a casting to get the job and they don't just pick you off fucking Instagram. <laughs> that was legit, but they really <clears throat> fucking liked me. And I worked for rock star for like seven years, but you know, and then I started getting into the motorsports industry and I learned how to ride dirt bikes when I was really little. And so I was like, dude, I want to fucking get a dirt bike again. And like, I started dating this dude that rode freestyle and I was like, thought it was the fucking coolest shit in the <laughs> fucking world. I was like, Oh my God, this is so fucking rad. And I just remember being like 20 years old, dating this guy and seeing him like hit ramps and like ride shows. I'm like, Oh my God. I've, if, if only I could do that. Yeah. Right. You That's know, I was like, right? I could fucking do that. Yeah. Why can't I fucking do that? Yeah. So I ended up buying a bike and like started to ride and like shits and giggles. Like one time I was like, I want to hit a fucking ramp. So I just hit a ramp into a foam pit. I'm like somebody's random two stroke, like fucking borrow boots, like big ass helmet. It was just, I don't know. It was super fun, but I was like, Oh my God. And then I just fell in love with fucking riding and started getting into it more and more. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to. Uh, I know that's like a huge jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's so, a kind of a trip because I kind of want to. It's just it's so weird to go from that. And I mean, during this whole time, there's still parts of me that are like, man, I need to fucking process all this shit that's happened to me somehow. Yeah. But I was just trying to just constantly distract myself with fun shit, cool shit, rad shit. You of know? course, yes, absolutely. So. I mean, we do that all the time as human beings. We try to block out shit with other stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I do, I want to bring it back because we're, we're going to lead to that, right? Because okay. it's fun. Sorry. Yes, you've, yeah. Uh, stereotypically speaking, you shouldn't be sitting here. No, right? I should be a fucking serial yeah, killer yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or, or just a fucking <laughs> or junkie, junkie. Right. Or, right. or have like a bunch of fucking kids on fuck, you know, just a, shitty. A, yes. A shitty life. Yeah. Right. But that's uh, obviously not the case. You're, you said something though, a bit ago, you said your mom accused you of sleeping with your stepdad. Yeah. What the fucking fuck? Dude, I don't... It, she would get fucking hammered. I'd come home from school and she'd be fucking hammered. Like, looking... You know, when you somebody's wasted looking through you. Yes. And just start fucking drilling me on all these questions. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? You know? And she was always... I was always trying to get into modeling because I was always approached by it. Yeah. So I had... I was like, hey, I want to go to this, like, modeling scout event. Or I want to do this and I want to do that. And, like, sometimes my stepdad would have to take me because she was fucking working. And she, it would like, if I spent time with him and he was the only dad I had and I genuinely fucking loved him like a father. Cause that dude, excuse me, without him, like he is what he taught me respect. He taught me fucking, you work for what you want. Like without him, I wouldn't be half the person that I am at all. And that's the thing is like, people are like, Oh, a lot of things are hereditary, but it's not because he's not my fucking blood father. But everything that I've learned in my life is from him, you know? Yes. So the fact that she would have ever even thought that was just, it fucking fucked me up, dude. Yeah. And she just threw me out of the fucking house. Like, it was just unreal just because of her own bullshit, right? And her own insecurities. And I think maybe something, she had a stepfather growing up, and I think maybe she had some kind of issues with him. Like, I still don't know. Maybe I will get it out of her one day. Highly doubt it. But I think maybe that in her mind, like, she gets fucking drunk and goes to the, some kind of fucking wicked place and that's all she can think of that know? is a that is an extremely extremely dark place your um your mom has she ever apologized for it never 
Never. That's fucking crazy. Super fucked up. That's fucked up. She can't like. She can't. I just. She just can't. Like every. All my friends like, dude. Maybe you should just sit down and talk with her. Anybody that I've ever talked to about this. Yeah. Like try to you know make amends and do it and just sit and talk to her. I'm like, oh yeah, I've tried a ton of times and it literally she just turns around and is like, oh, fucking, you guys blame me for everything, and it's all my fucking fault why you guys are all fucked up. And I was like, I'm not fucked up, dude. I just yeah. I just want some honest answers. Like, if you can just take down the fucking barricade for a little bit, like, yes. I'm your daughter, and talk to me. But it's just, I've, I think throughout my 20s, I had a big issue with that, like not being able to have that conversation with her. And the older I've gotten, I've accepted the fact that, like, it just may never happen. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like, I've come to terms with it. And I just, I don't love her any less. You know, I'm just, it's just there. Yeah. It's just there. Kind of just existing, you know? Yeah. What did your stepdad do? What did he say? He was furious because it, he was just like, that's your daughter. She loves you to death. Like, I love her like a daughter. I can't believe I, you would ever think I would do something like that, yeah. you know? So it was just, it was just a super fucked up situation. And, and and there wasn't even anything that triggered it other than just the way that I looked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're so. a young, pretty girl and she's drunk and yeah. very insecure with her own self. Right. Yeah. Um, not able to work through her own past shit, uh, not being as open as you are today. Right. Uh, these things are so important. Um, what about your stepdad? What is is he around? Yeah, yeah, they're still together. I mean, there was a time oh, when wow. we were, when we were young. I know. <clears throat> wow. I don't know how the fuck he deal, he does it, but he's a guy. He's a fucking saint. But um, there was a time, you know, when they had split up and we had had to move out for a while. So they've had, you know, their differences, and he knows how she is. He he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do drugs, nothing. Straight edge, like as yeah. straight edge gets. So, I mean. Now it's it's so much different than than it is now because now they're so much older and she's you know de- definitely doesn't drink nearly as much as she used to and they're both like in a better spot so um but yeah he, yeah he's still around and I like I still see them all the time like the last time I saw them um it, everything was good everything's always been good it's not like we we just don't sit down and have like these interventions me and him have sat down with my mom and talked to her and she just like fucking loses it you know yeah. she cries and she thinks we're attacking her of course just a typical defense typical. mechanism for yeah. people that can't have any self-accountability you of know? course maybe you should slip her some mushrooms sometime dude i've tried to give her fucking <laughs> edibles like i, I just, <clears throat> my stepdad said he caught her smoking fucking weed the other day or something and i was like let her fucking smoke weed like maybe Maybe it'll help her like get to a better place without having to like drink booze. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It's hard. Like, cause sometimes shit goes by and it's been so long that I look back at it. And instead of like having it bring up all these emotional, like emotional turmoil, I almost try to approach her as a, a like to try to like make it uh, like lightened, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, that was kind of fucked up what you did, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I say sorry at some point. And it's still, it's just difficult to, to get it to get it across in like a way that she doesn't feel like she's being attacked. Have you made amends with the situation that you probably will never get what you want? Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like, I'm sure she'll even be on her deathbed, like still like just holding on to her ego. You that's know? exactly it. It's, it's the ego that gets the best of us. But You got to sometimes take like, okay, I got to take myself out of the situation. Right. And understand like, 
maybe she had a really fucked up childhood and she had a lot of fucked up shit happen to her that she can't figure out how to process. And maybe I just need to be there to be like, I'm sorry that, you know, like I forgive you. I fucking love you. I'm here. Whatever you fucking need, I'm right here. Because then I just take myself out of the equation and am just supportive. Like you were talking about. Yeah. And it's, well, um, you shouldn't say, you shouldn't have to say sorry for you were a child then well right? i mean not i mean not saying sorry like apologizing for myself but just being like detached yourself from the situation itself. i'm sorry for what happened to you and i oh, wish okay, i could I help it, you you yeah, know what i mean yeah yeah of and course. i wish there was something that i could do to make you feel more comfortable with me I just kind of completely attach myself detach detached, myself yes like yes. i'm not even her daughter like another yeah. fucking human talking to yeah. somebody so have you tried that <laughs> I haven't really approached it that way, but I've thought that's the way that I think if I'm ever going to do it again, that's the way I'm going to do it. So not too long ago, um, last year, actually about a year ago, she got, uh, she, cause she drank, she's drank and smoke her whole fucking life, but she's this tiny little fucking thing that looks like she's healthy drinking smoke, like fucking no other. So she ended up getting bit like by one of her dogs and she ended up going to the hospital and she got sepsis and because her kidneys and her liver are so fucking haggard, she almost died like straight dialysis, everything. And I was in the hospital with her every fucking day. I was the only one of all all of the kids that was there with her every day, bringing her food, whatever she wanted, like making sure even if she wasn't even awake, I was just there every day all night. And I just had knee surgery. I was like wheeling myself in there. Um, she ended up going through alcohol withdrawals while she was in the hospital, like fucking saying the most lunatic shit ever. So when that had happened and I saw her like that, it literally, all that fucking shit just went away. Me being mad at her, me being resentful, me being all of it, anything that I ever held against her. I was like, I'm probably going to lose my mom. And I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, fucking holding on to yeah. shit that I can't no longer yes. change. You yes. know? Yes. yes. So just got to fucking let it go. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I know I'm not going to get like, I'm so, an apology from her. I'm not going to get this crazy fucking talk of what she went through or tell me what she went through. I'm like, I'm just going to be there for her. I'm going to let it go. I mean, I might, she might fucking die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of the way that I looked at it. I I, I mean, maybe that's, I don't know. It's, I think it's way harder to fucking take yourself out of a situation, take, detach yourself and what you want to just approach a situation with just straight like loving kindness of course it is well it goes to that ego right we always want to put ourselves in every situation right yeah. and so to be able to detach yourself from a situation that is there's a lot of history behind it right it's it's very difficult but it it, it just showcases the growth you have achieved um in your own life right i mean that's it's it's fucking light years ahead of you know what yeah, unfortunately your mom, you know, yeah. has gone through. Right. Um, and so you are a true testament to breaking that mold. Right. But, um, I want to bring it back again, right. Your mom, you know, you get kicked out, you move in with the boyfriend, you're 17 years old, 18, uh, from, from that point, what happened next? You I gra- just, I started working. Um, I was like, I was working, I was going to school, I ended up getting my GED, I think when I was like 18, um, I got my own place, I started working at like a restaurant, um, I just kind of j- like kept working, you know, and then I ended up getting a truck, and then I was t- starting to do a modeling job, so I was making more money, and then I moved into a different place, I kind of detached myself from my family a little bit, because they were kind of like bringing me down, yeah. you know, and then, um, 
you know, the guy that I dated that rode freestyle motocross, I started dating, I think when I was like 20 and 1920. And, um, I was with him for almost like three years and that's when like, you know, all the motorcycle stuff started and I still partied, like did drugs here and there, you know, nothing crazy drinking. I mean, I was traveling all over, like working for rockstar going to fucking supercross in Vegas and like, it was like we were fucking up till 6 a.m. and then go straight back to the track. Like, we didn't sleep, Dude. you know? It was like, <laughs> it was fucking fun. And you were but, around a lot of stuff. Oh, fuck, yeah. How did that even happen? How did you even start working with Rockstar? So I did, I was doing, I one of, we had a group of friends, a girl that I knew, she like worked at Hooters and she did all this modeling and she was like, hey, um, I shoot this calendar. It was like some hunting calendar. You should, you should do it. Like they'd love you. I did it. I got the cover and I started working for them. And then, uh, back then there was like a, a model website called like model mayhem and you'd get jobs from that. Yeah. So I'd get jobs doing that. And then I ended up shooting for playboy nice. in 2009. It, yeah. I think it was 2009. So we'd go out to the parties at the fucking playboy mansion get paid to fucking party. And like, it, dude, <laughs> it was fucking gnarly. Like so many fucking drugs. <laughs> it was just super gnarly, but I ended up getting the cover of playboy. So then when I got, it was, Jeez, it, in was 2009. Like, it was the cover That's... of their like all natural magazine. Nice. So I got that. And then all my modeling shit kind of blew up from there. So I was doing, I ended up going like a fucking like wrestling tour with like Hulk Hogan. Wait, what? Yeah, dude. How did that even, wait, what? They hit me up. They were like, do you have any experience in wrestling? I said, no, but I'm super fucking athletic. What do I got to do? Backflip off the ropes? I'll fucking try it. They're like, word, you're in. And then I went to Australia and did a tour, like the last tour that Hulk Hogan did. I was on it. Wait a minute. So you were you wrestling with, were you literally wrestling? Or you uh, we girl, did like, or? so we did this shit that was called like cat fighting where the girls that would walk the dudes out like that we would like cat fight. So it was like a squabble, squabble fucking trip. Somebody's, you know, pull, fake pulling hair type shit. Um, like a little tiny body slam or whatever. And then it get broken up. So it wasn't like a whole match. Yeah. But it was still. just like crowd pleaser shit. It was like WW. Uh, yeah. It was like a bikini contest and we'd come out and then somebody get uh, and like grab the other girl by her hair, you know, that kind of shit. But it was so fucking, f- it's so fake, but it was so fun. Did yeah. you did you enjoy doing it? It was cool. It was fun and it was a cool experience. I got to go to Australia when I was like twenty two for free and go to every every side like Perth, M- Melbourne, Brisbane, like every fucking ma- major city, and, and then go home. And this was Hogan's last. Uh, it was hurrah. his last fucking hoo was he? It was like he was fucking super cool. He kind of stayed away from everybody because everybody else. It was like Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, the Nasty Boys, fucking all Jeez. the Samoan wrestler guys, like the OGs of fucking yeah, wrestling. Yeah, dude. And I was like, and there's just me. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? This is cool. All right. <laughs> so yeah, that was fucking rad. And then, you know, from there, like shit just, I kept getting more jobs. I worked for Rockstar. I worked for Makita. I worked for Lucas Oil. I worked for fucking Metal Militia. I did like, um, oh God, dude, I can't even fucking name them all. And they just all started pouring in after that Playboy shoot. Yeah. It was just like, I did one or, the, or it was word of mouth. Like, Hey, we need a girl who can like ride a bike. So I rode dirt bikes, but I didn't ride, like wasn't really good, but I could ride, you yeah. know? So a lot of the stuff involved like riding dirt bikes. So they're like, Hey, we need a chick that can ride or like, and then I did, uh, um, I was Miss Trans World. I like competed in a Miss Trans World contest and ended nice. up winning. And then, uh, Rockstar Uproar Tour did like Solon, did like Miss Solon Angel, and I fucking did that whole thing and won that. Jeez. And it was just like 
constantly traveling around and like getting all kinds of fucking cool awards and but you know partying the entire fucking time were you enjoying the moment when you oh my god yeah dude it was fucking so (laughs) much fun like so many crazy fucking stories of ah dude just wait crazy shit like just at the house of blues in la like the show i don't know if you've ever been in that building and the house of the old house of blues there was all kinds of crazy trap doors and shit like it was nuts we were just back there partying with fucking you look around you see like all these fucking famous people you're like holy shit and everybody's just doing fucking cocaine (laughs) yeah it was nuts but it was super fun i mean i had i had a lot of fun like doing all that stuff but um when you were this was like 20 21 22 and then i um i got hired as a dancer on a dubstep tour like uh, a pole dancer okay so i did that i went on tour uh borgor no fucking way yeah okay if you look at a picture of him yeah i promise you, you and you meet without my beard you guys look, we look I was, identical you know, it's funny. It's like, he kinda looks like the dude soft. is my fucking <laughs> doppelganger like i've never i've never looked at a picture of anyone in my life not when i have the beard it's different but the, uh, yeah it's fucking strange that's so funny me. so yeah when i did that it was 2012 <laughs> and i did um i did his tour two tours with him and then that's when instagram started Jeez. well that's when i started instagram you know right when i started dancing with him the whole then, tour yeah so he did we did a two-month tour and then um his tour we were with like asking alexandria and hollywood undead and then we I did all his summers. We did EDC. We did Coachella. We did Miami Ultra, South by Southwest, Nocturnal, like all the fucking like graves. Dude. Everything. It was pretty, it was pretty rad. And I wasn't like, I was drinking, but I wasn't and not doing like drugs as much. Like I think I was like 24, 25. So, but it was because we had a dance, like, and we, we were fucking dancing our asses yeah, off yeah. like every night. So it was Oh, I'm sure rad. it's a lot, a lot, but, yeah. um, how was he? Was he cool? Oh, super fucking cool. He was super cool. He had a, a girlfriend that was some porn star at the time, and she was so, so fucking nice. So That's yeah, it dope, was, yeah, man. It was cool. It was cool because I met so many fucking people, too, that I'm still friends with like to this day. Jesus. So. Like, I mean, yeah. it's so crazy, right? Because if you look at, if you go back to your story, right? If you look at your story, everything that led up for the first 18, 19 years, 17 years of your life. It was just fucking hell. It was fucking hell. Yeah. Maybe one of the greatest things that could have happened to you is you getting kicked out. And I don't mean that in like the greatest, like, oh, it's a good, like, right? But maybe because of that happening, it did allow you to detach, right? Because everyone's got different paths, right? If you would have stayed at the house, what would have happened, right? Um, If you got kicked out, what would have happened, right? And so I'm not saying it was a good thing because it was not, right? Yeah. But it did maybe it got you to the point where you were eventually going to go a lot faster. I was just extremely, extremely independent too. So like I just learned at a young age, like to t- start taking care of myself, you know? Yeah. And like, t- so I think if I would have waited any longer or stayed at home, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think about it though. Cause I'm like, what if I was just really, what if I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck up anymore. And I moved back in the house and my parents paid for college and I ended up being a fucking doctor. So like I, I wouldn't be fucking riding motorcycles. There's no fucking way, you know, I wouldn't be yeah. doing half the shit that I'm doing. It would just be a, such a different fucking path. And who knows, you know, maybe it would have been good or maybe it would have been really fucking bad. Yeah. You know, maybe I got a fucking regular job that I hate going to every yes, fucking day. Right. Punching in, punching yeah. out, fucking, like, you know, yeah. So a cubicle somewhere or something like who, that. Right? I really don't fucking know, but I've always just, you know, I've, I've always just like wanted to like go my own way and do my own thing the, the way I want to fucking do it. So, I mean, yeah, I did, I did all that. And then, um, I started learning how to bartend. I bar- started bartending for when I was like 
23. I was so every time in between my jobs and my modeling stuff, I'd work at a bar, you know, and make a shit ton of fucking money. That's dope, dude. Yeah. And then I started bartending like full time and doing that and still, and then trying to ride more. And then, um, did the modeling kind of slow down as you got older? Um, well, I, I got more jobs when I didn't have tattoos. As soon as I started getting more tattoos, it, it kind of started falling off. But it was a different category, right? It was like getting where you fit in. So I started working with other companies that were cool with the tattoos. Okay. So it was just kind of pushing me to, towards different companies, which were, which were cool. And I mean, I always made such good relationships with the people. I Like Rockstar never hired chicks with tattoos, but they continued to rehire me because they just liked my fucking attitude. You know, I never complained. I was never like that fucking... You know, those typical, like, supermodel-type chicks that were like, oh, my God, this fucking food is gross. Or, like, oh, yeah. my God, like, it's fucking cold out here. Like, why? you know what I mean? Like, I never complain. I'd be out I'd be out fucking cheering on, like, all the truck races and shit because I yeah. love that stuff. Like, getting dirty as fuck. They're like, we need a chick that just can get fucking roosted. I'm like, right here, I don't give a fuck. That's so fucking like, cool. Like, you know, like, everybody was just like, they, they just loved working with me because I was just easy to work with. Why, so. but why the tattoos? Why was it an issue for a rock star? You would think, right? Mm -hmm. It's just mainstream media, you know? It's not necessarily rock star. It's just like, so, um, what sells? you know, what whatever ESPN or whoever's airing the fucking races that rock star sponsoring, they're like, okay, well, we can't have girls with tattoos on, you know? So it wasn't necessarily rock star. It would be like the media yeah. that was, that changed? was covered. Uh, I don't know, dude. Honestly, like, I feel like it has a lot. Um, I did a like stadium super truck contest, uh, it, but Robbie Gordon like ran the whole thing. And I remember it was like PBS or not PBS, um, CBS or some shit that was running the whole series. And Robbie is like, that's the fucking winner. She's fucking winning. I don't give a fuck. And they're like, well, we can't have a girl on with tattoos. He's like, well, she's fucking winning and nobody else is winning. So if she's not up there, then fuck you guys. And he like totally vouched for me. It was so fucking Whoa. rad. And they put me on fucking TV. And I was like super pumped and all I didn't even have half of this shit that I have. Like I had like this one tiger tattoo and like a, it was like not even that much, you know, that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely changed. I haven't, I feel like I've kind of built enough of a name for myself now that like, that's just, that's just who I am now. Yeah. So it's not like I have to, you know, I uh, hear uh, like, uh, like basically what's the word I'm looking for here. Um, I don't have to abide by rules because I'm just I'm, well, because you're you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like we're, yes, I'm yes, a name yes. for myself enough. So, and that's so beautiful, right? I mean, you've been able to cut out this path uh, uh, all on your own. You're independent, right? You, you're very self-reflective too, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, we're going to bring it back again though. Right. So sorry, I keep jumping. No, 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 no. It's, that's my job. Right. Uh, you're 24, 25 fucking go on tour with Borgor, like doing like all this fucking crazy shit. Uh, then, then what happens next? 27, 28, like, so, um, I, um, I started working in the bar and I started, wanting to like actually kind of try to put in more time on the bike. Like I was like, Hey, I want to like try to race, you know? And there was like a couple desert series that were going on. I was like, I want to fucking try this, you know? Um, and at the time, like I'd been working in the bar industry. So my bosses were like, I kind of had a name for myself and they're like, did you show, like, you know, just give us your schedule. You'll fucking be on the schedules whenever you're here. If you're off doing something, just give us like a heads up, you know? So yeah. it was cool. And then, um, I never like dated anybody in the bar industry. I was just worked and then fucking did my own thing, you know? And I, um, ended up meeting somebody who I had been friends with for, you know, the entire time I was bartending. So for almost a decade, 
and um, we started working together. They opened a new bar in Scottsdale, and it was like this. We had like this super fucking killer group of people working there. But everybody was like OGs in the industry, and him and I started spending more time together, and um, we ended up dating. And I like fucking felt so head over heels for this guy, like because. Yeah. He was just funny as fuck. We were just friends, you know? And then we started working together and spent more time with him. I was like, holy fuck, I really like this guy, you know? And I never dated people in the bar industry because they always all, like, you know, everybody hooked up with each other and I just didn't want any part of it. I wanted to be like, I'll come and work and then fucking go moto, do my shit, whatever, like stay out of it. And then him and I started dating and we like totally fucking hit it off. And he loved that. I just did all this other stuff too, because a lot of people in the bar industry, once you're in it, you're fucking in it. And they're like, you're 45, still fucking bartending. Granted, it's great money. And if you're saving it or doing something with it or putting it to a side project, it's awesome. But a lot of those people are like, I'm drinking after work and I'm fucking coming here on the weekends and I'm going to the place where I work to drink, you know? So it's just like the same fucking shit all the time. So him and I started dating and um, we dated for, uh, it was um, two, two and a half years. Two, yeah, two and a half years. Well, almost two and a half years. But um, he started like getting into dirt. He never rode or anything, but he's like, man, I fucking love that you just love riding. Like, I started racing when him and I were dating, and he'd come and like support me and hold my fucking oh. umbrella for me. <laughs> and he loved it. He's like, dude, I just love all the shit you do. It's so rad. So he ended up getting a bike, and we'd ride together. And he started getting like really fucking good. I was like, God, I'm fucking like, holy shit, like you're getting faster than me. This is fucked up. And um, and then uh. <laughs> He ended up, um, he ended up passing away in a car accident and, um, that, yeah, that's him. That's him right there. That's Mike. So, um, he, this was, uh, uh, he passed away in January of 2017 and, um, he was, I picked up a shift at the bar that day cause it was an extra shift and I needed some money and, um, he was like, I'm going to go meet up with, you know, Mike and so-and-so and all the guys and uh, I'm going to go ride. So, cause he was like every chance he got, every time he got like off work, he would go ride, which I thought was just fucking rad because it was really difficult for me to kind of like be with somebody that didn't ride. And I loved that he just got it so into it, but not because of me, because he genuinely fucking loved doing it. And one of the last things like I remember talking to him about, he did a race in 2016 and he got so fucking worked. Like, it was an hour-long race. His bike was in fucking pieces, like, all over the track. Uh. He crashed everywhere. He finished, but he he was like, holy shit, I don't... And I ended up winning, like, my class. And he's like, I don't know how the fuck you do that. He's like, <laughs> he spent all fucking... All that year. Like, it, every day, I know that every fucking day, he's like, I'm, it was riding as much as he could. And then a week before his accident, it was the same race. It was a year later. He was, like, fucking on it he's like i'm gonna go back like he just wanted fucking redemption so bad he ended up going back doing the fucking race and getting third place yeah like fucking killed it like he got yes. all, the, the, like, it, all his bike was all together and like i ended up like bombing because i moved up a class and i ended up finishing like eighth and i was fucking pissed and i was like i thought about it i was like man i should have been way more like i was super happy for him but i was so fucking bummed about how shitty that i did that I wasn't like, I should have definitely like given him more credit, but that was literally a week before his accident. And, um, it, he was going out to ride. So he, when it, when it happened, um, his bike ended up flying out of the back of his truck. And it was like the, really the only thing that like made it 
out of the accident and um it was i was so it was so fuck dude what happened it was just i don't really want to talk about like what what okay. how it happened it was i feel horrible because the woman that hit him like she she passed away too but she had a, it was like medical re- reasons she had a seizure and like ended up hitting him doing like 75 miles an hour and he was like at a dead stop so it when the bike flew out of the truck like the, the his truck was just annihilated um but it he being he was such a fucking light to like everybody everybody that knew him like he was so positive and and it's a really huge huge fucking part of why i am the way that i am now and even talking to you about like how i react with my mom how i react to all these situations that happen like i got that from him you know because when him and i were together these were still issues that i was like trying to work on you know and and it was and it would make me depressed and it would fuck with our relationship and he's just like all i want to do is like help you you know and like help you see who you are and like I want to see you do good. And so like a lot of the issues that I had from my past, you know, he, I spent a lot of fucking time like being fucking depressed. And I wish I, I look back and I'm like, dude, I'm never going to get that time back with him. And, and it's so, and I, it's like, I, that's why I try to focus on like, yeah, all these bad things happened to me. But the only thing that I really can do is like, try to let it go, process it properly and like move forward and be happy because you really never fucking know when like your time's up, you know, like yeah. I saw him that day and I didn't think, I mean, a part of it, he looked so fucking amazing. Like his eyes were like glowing bright blue. I could see them from across the bar and I'm just like, God damn, you look fucking so good today. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, you're fucking on a good one. I was like, yeah. I feel fucking good today. And like, it's just that moment. It's like, you don't fucking know. No. When the last time it is, you're going to see somebody. So it's like, just try to work on all your shit. Try not to hold negativity towards people and try to like focus on the the future, right? The What's going to happen and, and, or like the, the good shit. Yeah. Because a lot of people struggle with all these things that happened to them and all the, their past shit. And they don't realize how much time they're losing being fucking in this hole. You know, and I know it's hard to fucking let shit go and it's hard to fucking figure out a way to process it, but you have to literally spend time being fucking thankful for like the littlest of the littlest shit. You know? You have to. You it's you can't like, oh fucking poor me, I was dealt this hand and I fucking did this and I didn't get to do this and I fucking you know, like it's like people don't focus enough on the good fucking things that are handed to them. Yeah, it happens all the time. Right now, it's so fucked right now with the world because everybody's so fucking divided. Yeah. It's so fucking sad, but it's like you need, we need to try to focus on that good shit and like buy buying somebody's fucking coffee in the fucking drive-thru or doing some small little Simple. shit like that. Being fucking grateful, appreciative, like just not focusing on all the negative shit. We're a lot more like than the media and and then the world is led to believe, you know, yeah. with so many podcasts now, all different socioeconomic levels, political beliefs, all that. Uh, we're so alike. It's fucking crazy. But we become so divided because we focus on the little shit. Yeah. Um, and 
fucking little shit that's like just so fucking it's dumb. petty it's just petty it's yeah. just petty bullshit um but i can't imagine that i, I just I, I as you're sharing that story i'm like uh, just thinking about my own fucking life and my wife and the people I love, and this is like, I, my 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 friend, uh, Mirko, it happened to him last year. He he was killed in a car accident. I think about him every fucking day. It was like, it's just fucking crazy. Like yeah, just at any moment, it can be all taken away from. Yeah, me. nobody's pro- you're not promised tomorrow. Nobody's fucking like here's your guarantee that you're gonna live another fifteen years. You know, like that's never no something that is is given to you. So. You know that, and I hate to like, I hate to do, be like, you know, I lost, I, I never want anybody to fucking feel sorry for me. That's a half the reason why it's so fucking difficult for me to start even opening up because I'm like, I don't want to be a fucking charity case. I don't want people to be like, oh my God, I had no idea. You're like, I don't want sympathy. I want people who are having these things happen to them, like reach out to me and be like, dude, I'm dealing with the same shit. Like, like what you said fucking helped me, yes. you know? Of course, absolutely. So it's it's hard because I don't like to say like, oh my God, it's fucked up because when he, I remember one of the last things he said to me was like, man, I just want to fucking do cool shit. I just want to do more fun shit. Like I'm tired of the fucking drama at the bar. I'm tired of fucking dealing with like the same old fucking shit, like babysitting people. Cause he was managing a bar and he'd been in the bar industry forever. So I mean, we kind of set some plans in motion for both of us to kind of get like work our way out of it. Yeah. And and I was like pumped, you know. You just like fucking this is happening. All this is happening, and then just fucking somebody, everything just completely fucking just explodes. Explodes like an unfold, and you're like, what the fuck am I gonna do now? You know. So that's why I'm like, I'm not really the type of person. I'm not like, oh, just live day by day and like go with the flow, but. Honestly, you kind of got to like be in the moment with things and like appreciate the moment and not get stressed out about the future or fucking worry about the past because it's not going to, it's not going to help. No. You get yourself into a mental state. Not at all. Yeah. How did you, um, how'd you make it out of that, man? You, you, I, (laughs) it was so. It wasn't that long ago. It was four years ago. Um, last week. So when I, when I, the deal, the problems that I was dealing with as a, as a kid growing up and stuff, like I had talked to him about that. I told him stuff that had happened to me that I've never told anybody, not a fucking person, single person still to this day. And, um, and so I was having issues, you know, I would drink here and there and it would, it would kind of make me depressed, but I think drinking obviously triggered the depression and bringing up stuff from the past more. So he was like, you know, why don't you just talk to somebody? Maybe like to a counselor, or a therapist, or a doc- doctor. Like it, it. Yes. He, and he knew that I didn't want to like get on antidepressants or anything that was going to make me feel weak. Of course. He knew that it fucking killed me to like have to ask for help because yes. it just wasn't who I am. So I went and I did it because I w- really fucking wanted to make this like our relationship good, and I wanted didn't want my fucking issues to come in the in between it anymore. And, um, so I had, uh, talked to somebody about getting on like a very mild, I wouldn't even call it an antidepressant. It was just something that they described. It was Wellbutrin, something they prescribed to people for like smoking and stuff. And it was really mild, but it made me a lot less reactive. 
And I, I literally two days before his accident started taking it. And I didn't stop taking it yeah. because of what had happened. So, I mean, the first two weeks, of course, like I, I fucking was awake. I literally didn't leave his bed for like five days. I just stayed in there. Didn't fucking sleep, didn't fucking eat, didn't do anything. And I knew, I was like, dude, I can't stay like this. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't want me to be staying like this. Like, everybody doesn't want to see me fuck. There were so many of our friends. Everybody fucking loved him. That just went down a hole just drinking and fucking drugs and, like, not eating. And, like, it was sad because I was like, I don't want to do that. He would be so fucking pissed off at me if I did that. So, you know... After a couple weeks of, I, you know, the grieving, the way that I had to process it, I was, like, ready to just kind of, I started working out, like, every day. I was, like, going fucking hard. I stopped drinking for a while. Yeah. It was, like, maybe two, three months, just stopped drinking, working out. And then I started to try to have, like, a little bit more positive outlook. I had all these really weird fucking things happen, too, where I just felt like he was right fucking there with me. So, yeah. and I'm not, like, a, I'm not, like, religious at all, spiritually, like, I think, there's something fucking beyond where we're at now, for yeah, sure. Of course. So I was just getting opportunities to do things that I norm, like I felt were because I started kind of trying to focus on being positive and focus on myself and not drinking and working out. So I got like opportunities, like, "Hey, you want to like race flat track?" Which was fucking crazy because him and I were just talking about doing it. I kept telling him, "Mike, I want to fucking yeah. race flat track. I want to try flat track." I kept talking about it, and all of a sudden, my friend's like, here's a fucking bike. You want to fucking race it? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I'm fucking in racing in X Games. What the, wait, what? Yeah, it was crazy. They were like, <laughs> like Harley Davidson needed fucking people to come race X Games. And they're like, you, you're invited. Let's do it. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is fucking crazy. Like, this is X Games, Wait a minute, dude. what? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. So I focused on all the flat track shit. I was traveling all over, all over doing that and and then i got hit up to do like you know stunt riding and music videos and just i was focusing all my energy into my motorcycle shit because i'm like i knew he that's what he would want me to be doing and his dad ended up giving me his bike and i rebuilt it because it got pretty fucked up and i rebuilt it like just the way that he had it and rode it like that but i didn't ride it that much because i was like i don't i just want to keep it like Christine. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, that was like the first year I had it. I just like kind of kept it like super clean. I had another bike that I rode. And then um I was doing all the moto stuff and it was just get, it was getting fucking crazy. I was getting fucking sponsors and stuff that like I never we ever would have imagined having, you know. What was it? Um I, well, I got sponsored by Weed Maps for like <laughs> like I never like I always got like help here and there like oh we'll give you free product we'll give you this and they're like we want to fucking pay you like Dude. straight up i was like are you fucking serious they're like yeah they're like i think you're, you're like way fucking cooler than you think you are i'm like no and they're like yeah you're i mean you're doing some pretty rad shit so you know i started um working with them and doing like all the flat track stuff and then i ended up buying a bike building out my own bike and um and then i had my own race bike and just i was just pushing super hard with all the race shit and then um and then this is like getting pretty close to where we're at now. And then uh, last year I ended up blowing out my ACL and I was like, I'm going to need to do something with my time. And I took his whole bike down like to the motor and did a whole frame up job on it. Um, he's going to pull up a picture right now. And I rebuilt is that it. it. No, no, that's not it. That's my flat track bike. Dude, that's um, so if you scroll down a little bit, there's an actual uh, rebuild. Keep going, keep going. 
Right there on the left. Yeah, there it is. No fucking so way. So I, from the frame up, like, <clears throat> did everything. And I had... All yourself? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was just a frame up. I didn't okay, do anything right. with the motor. I'm not fucking... I don't do valves and yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm not yeah. that smart. So... <laughs> and somebody else did my suspension. You're, you're pretty so. smart. So, but I... I like that's his number, so I always run his number, and that's the bike that I ride now. After I did that build, I was like, dude, I'm just gonna ride this thing fully. Like he, he's not gonna want it just sitting in my fucking garage. No. no. So that bike is literally, like, oh my god, I've done, I've like hit, I've done stuff on that bike that I've never done on a motorcycle before. Do you, Do you feel something special? When you oh, hundred fucking percent. Like I know, I just know. I've, there's just a part of me that's like, I, he's not gonna let me get fucking hurt. You know? Let's see it, man. Oh, here's a good one. This, so this was my it. first time hitting. What is this? What are we watching? This at? is my first time hitting 75, which was a huge goal for 75. me. It was set. Okay. It was set at like 70 to the knuckle. So like lower on the landing was 75. So I felt like it was a little short, but. Um, oh my God. It was pretty cool. I was like super pumped on Dude. it. Yeah, that's a good one. There's a. Um, How scared were you? I, I honestly wasn't like I had been riding. Oh my god! I've been putting so much time you. in on it that um I feel so comfortable on it now. And it's a big bike. It's a 450. I'm not used to riding 450s. Ah, look so at that. yeah, I just, and I'm, it's just, I'm starting to like really feel so fucking comfortable on it. You look comfortable. I, I just, I fucking love it. It's such a great fucking bike. And it's crazy because it, you know that race I was telling you about that he ended up getting third place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, a year after, I was like, I'm going to so do this cool. same race on his bike. I'm going to do it on his bike, and I did it. And I was in, I was in second place. And like on the last fucking lap, I just tipped over, did something stupid, and a girl passed me and ended up finishing third. And it was a part of me was just Shut like. It was uh, like, I knew he was like, you cannot show me up at this fucking race. Like, no third place, way. no better. Wait, that was a year later? It was. Or two? Yeah, it was a year later. So, yep, I ended up racing his bike like a year later. And you got yeah. third place. Yeah, I got third place. And it was just like, it was just funny because it was just his way of being like, you're good, but you're not better than me. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a part of me likes to talk about that shit because I want to fucking smile and I want to laugh and I want to think yes. about all that shit and not be sad like i i mean there's parts of times where i just break down fucking crying but of course i want to think about like all the good shit and the fun shit and like just he was like my biggest fucking fan it was the greatest thing ever you sound like an amazing yeah. human being he was he touched so many fucking people's lives that like didn't even know him there's so many people that reach out to me like dude i just want to be a better person because of him and that's a, that's why you know i've decided to go the way that I'm going with the stuff that I'm doing, because I feel like there were dude, when I drank and partied and shit, like I was a piece of shit. Like I did stuff that was not fucking nice. Yeah. I was kind of a fucking bitch. Like, and then after, I, I don't know, just after he, after he passed away, I was just like, I just wanted to be like the best person I could be because Make of you him. a better person. Yeah. And it's fucked up to think about because you're like, well, what if he's still here? Would I be still be a fucking piece of shit? Like, not that I was a complete piece of shit, but I like, would I still saying. be making the same decisions? Would I have a completely different perspective? You know, yeah. that would there be no growth? I don't know who's to know, right? Yeah, who's yeah. to know? All right. you know is yeah. right now, right? And since that moment to today, 
if you would look at it like how much have you changed as a person? I feel like I've changed so so much to where I've I've am around people that like I used to be around a long time ago, like in the bar industry and stuff, and I just feel like so disconnected from <laughs> you know what where I'm like Wow, how how the fuck did I feel like I was so close to these people at one point? You know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Just wait that. Oh yeah, that. So that was a. That, Are you fucking kidding me? That was my first time I pulled a backflip. Dude, on that's you. Yeah, but I didn't take it to. Oh, that fuck. That fucked me. That gainer off that platform fucked me up more than that backflip did. It like stopped me and buckled me backwards. And oh. I was like, Ugh. It was so bad, but... Um, so how long ago was this? Uh, this was the summer of... I think if you click on it, there should be a date, like 2018, maybe. So yeah, think, summer of 2018. think you'll ever try it? A backflip? to dirt. If I could get some, like, a good place to practice. This was one of the X Games qualifiers that we did, that I did on my bike that was hoopty as fuck. It was, like, falling apart out there. But I built it myself, and now it's so fucking titties. That's so dope. And so you, to, to like today, what does your work entail? Like, what are you doing today? So last year with COVID, um, that that was such a sketchy race, dude, on that fucking concrete. <laughs> Wait a minute. You guys are on concrete? It's, on, it's like they put soda pop on the floor to make it sticky. Why? Tell me you remember doing it. Did you ever do freestyle shows like that? Where they put, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What it's so the sketchy. fuck? Why? I don't know. Dude. And I guess how long did you go around for? Um, they they did laps. I think they did. Um, it was like six or seven laps. This was a super short, like indoor track <clears throat> that they had us do X Games qualifying at one year, and I was just so dumb. But the assistant producer wants to chime in. On how, yes, how messed up Coca Cola is. <laughs> <laughs> how you have to put down like she's right. You put down Coke on cement like that, so it gets tacky. and it forms enough traction for a motorcycle to get traction so that so, is so disgusting. disgusting for sure they would run freestyle <laughs> shows like in stadiums and stuff like places where they didn't put dirt down and they'd put soda pop down so that the dudes wouldn't slip out like before they hit the ramp like sketchy as fuck but like everybody's like well i'm gonna ride i'm gonna do it you know i'm gonna ride over and i'm gonna people are gonna drink yeah. it Ugh. oh dude it's so 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 gross so um ah you are you are at one amazing human being but continue so where the fuck was i what what what, what does your life look like today okay so um what last year i that was for a calendar i shot uh, a couple years ago called hot shots it's really cool they they work with like wounded warriors and a bunch of like disabled veterans and stuff it's really cool like a silencer on it or something um yeah that is a silencer just gangster dude yeah super gangster. so um last year well december of 2019 i blew my acl out in a trip to thailand we did a moto i did a moto tour over there and ended up blowing out my acl and so I was like fucking bummed because I was like, oh, my whole entire race season for 2020 is fucked. So I came home, I got surgery, and then COVID happened and everything got shut down. So part of me was like kind of pumped because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to miss any points in the fucking race series. Like yeah. every, and nobody gets to ride. If I don't get to ride, nobody gets to fucking yeah. <laughs> ride. And then it gave me time to um, basically do rehab on my knee. Yeah. So. Um, I was still signed with uh, Tucker Power Sports, which is a distributor. Um, I work with them through dirt bikes. It's basically all their brands uh, for everything, for V-Twin, for dirt bikes, for pretty much anything. Nice. So um, I still had a contract with them. And then because I wasn't 
racing and getting any kind of um, contingencies as far as that goes. Uh, I one of my old uh, an old friend of mine who I worked with. I worked at a race school, Bondurant Race School in Phoenix. Um, he started. He makes uh, aftermarket parts for like handguns, specifically like Glocks and Fuck, uh, yeah. XDs and stuff. So we make. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with any kind of firearms, but Glocks come with like these really shitty polymer triggers. I had no idea. But so we make these aftermarket aluminum alloy triggers that people like really love, and they're fucking built like really it's like good butter. Yeah, super butter. So we make them flat, curved, whatever. But um, I do. I work there. It's called Overwatch Precision. Oh, and shit. I work there part-time, and he's super fucking cool, and he knows all the stuff that I do. So he's like, <sighs> give me a heads up whenever you're out of town or whatever. He basically, because I'm part-time, lets me work whenever I'm there. Because he knows when awesome. I'm there working, even if I'm there for five hours, I'm like busting my fucking ass. So That's awesome. When I'm there working, I get a lot of shit done. Um, so I do that part-time, and then I'm still working with you know, sponsors on the riding and stuff. So it's kind of cool because it's not like I'm a sponsored racer. It's not like I'm, I'm stuck. Like you have to do X amount of races every year. It's like people kind of want to work with me because of the versatility that I kind of bring to the table. I, I, I race Harleys. I ride Harleys. I ride dirt bikes. (sighs) I do, you know, anything like two wheels. I just did supermoto for the first time. That was fucking super cool. I didn't, I didn't do bad. That was, um, one of the pictures I do a calendar every year that I make a little bit of money off of. So nice. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much kind of like where I'm at right now. And it's just a fucking trip because people look at me like, Oh, you're just a strong fucking woman. Like you must've had just so much support growing up. I'm like, actually it was the complete fucking opposite. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Check, 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 yeah. check, 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 check. Yes. Obviously, uh, people don't know other people until they actually hear their story. Right. I mean, it's just, um, you, what you see is from the outside. Right. But coming on here, it's, uh, that's not, the case. I don't know. There's a lot of the shit that I talked about. Like people don't fucking know. I mean, my close friends know, but like most the general population, like have no idea. So I, I mean, I'm curious as to how people will react to this, but I'm hoping that it's like positive. Like, I just, I just want to help people. Like I want to help women in, in general. A lot of girls like think like attractive girls are like, Oh, I just want to fucking, you know, have some dude take care of me. Like, fuck that dude. You could do it on your own. You fucking yeah. make it happen. You know, if you want it bad enough, it doesn't matter. Like uh, you can, if you put your mind to it, you can definitely Absolutely. make it happen. And um, what does the future look like for you? Um, so, like I was saying before we started recording, like I've been riding more in the last two months. Um, you know, working with Colin, doing the freestyle stuff, which I absolutely love because it's so cool to teach people that have never done it before. Like today, we did a class, and there was a few girls, and they were struggling, and this girl came up pretty short and had a fucking gnarly get off, you know. And I just talked to her, and she got back up and like went back at it and fucking greased it. And like, I'm like, I'm so glad you walked away from it like that because it's like, that is the hardest fucking part. It's not about doing it. It's about when you fuck it up, falling down and getting back up and like having the confidence and courage to do it again. That's where, that's where you, it makes or breaks you. Right. Because anybody can fuck, you can do it and do it and do it. But when something bad happens, if you get back up and do it fucking better, like that's what that'll, that's what makes you. So, I mean, that's a good model for life. Right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like everything, like I said, that happened, like it's a make or break situation. And I, I'm just, I've always been such a fucking warrior that I'm just like, I'm not a fucking quitter. Yeah. You know, and seeing my brothers like just give up, like they have kids, they have families and they just give up on them for fucking drugs. And I'm just like, I can't, I cannot fucking do that. No. 
So, um, so uh, you know, doing that riding, I've been riding a ton. I'm doing a, um, there's a desert race. It's uh, the best in the desert does a whole circuit of races like, um, you know, Vegas Torino and the Mint 400. And uh, we're doing, I'm doing the Parker 250 at the end of February. And then I don't know if I want to say anything, but I've been talking to Colin about it. And You don't have to. Well, I'm thinking about trying to do some distance jumping stuff. So maybe that might be, it's something we got to look into because it potentially could be like a world record. Yeah. We've already, we've already already looked into this as assistant producer. It's 140 feet, I believe. Well, I, so I, I need to check the actual like fine print on the Guinness book stuff, because I don't know if they have like a separate section for women and men as far as motorcycle jumping. So the last, long distance motorcycle jump by a female was like back in the sixties or seventies. A chick, she straight beat like evil Knievel's record and jumped like 13 cars. And then he turned around and jumped like fucking 20 because he was like, I'm like, you know, some chick beat me, but it was only, and then she ended up jumping like 140 feet. And I think that's like what's on record right now. So, but I don't know that there's so many little fine lines to that. Cause I don't know if it's stipulations on like a V twin or a single engine motor, like there's different stuff with motorcycles. So I just have to look into it, but I mean, we have the resources to do it, and I kind of want to see what what I can do. I want to do it. You have the skill to do it. You will be doing this. So that's yes. going to be rad. Oh my yeah, gosh! So that's why we've been. I've been doing like bigger jumps and riding as much as I can. So. Hey, you're gonna do it. Yeah, hey, you're gonna do it. I think I want to go way bigger than 140, though. But Colin said I should just. Kind of uh, she's it. amazing, dude. Like we <laughs> went riding at a track, and there's a triple that she's never done, and she was just talking about it, and like the third lap. A lot of good guys weren't doing it. She just went out there and did it good. And instead of being pumped for herself, she's like, oh, I, I can go do it better next time. I was blown away. <laughs> because, so. I, Cause I can. Oh, that's the thing. I, don't, I, I just felt like I kind of came up short and I didn't like have the best style. So I was like, okay, I don't know if that counts. You fucking did it. It's, it's unbelievable watching her ride. It's crazy. So. God. It's just a trip. So it, cool. it fucking trips me out because I think about everything and I'm like, I'm here, right here, right now at this point and this weekend and like everything has just been so fucking rad and it just like, it's so, I don't know. It just fucking trips me out because I'm super happy. Like it, it took me a long fucking time to like start processing this stuff and be content and be happy and it just shows in like every aspect of my life, yeah. you know? Even with writing when I was like depressed, I felt like it was like, there was always some kind of roadblock mentally and I would like crash or I like, I just wouldn't do it or whatever. And right now I've just been so fucking happy with being sober, choosing to be sober, the sobriety. Um, I've been working out a ton and riding and, and being sober. And it's like, I've never been so fucking happy. Like there was a time when I couldn't ride without drinking alcohol. Yeah. I had to drink even at my flat track races. I'm like in the pits fucking drinking beer. Cause I'm so fucking nervous. So then I just automatically associated the two. I can't ride without drinking. And the last few times I've hung out with Colin and like Andy and everybody, they just show me how much fun sober people can have without always having to get fucked up. And I, I rode his class for the first time ever not drinking beer. The first class that I did. And I was so fucking scared. And then after that, it's just like been fucking so easy. Isn't that incredible? It's so incredible. And it's, it's like really incredible. And I, like, I don't hate on people who drink and have fun, you know, everybody no. like whatever. 
but like for me, this is working for me and I really fucking like it. And everybody, I have a lot of people ask me like, well, why sobriety? Like, are you fucking alcoholic? Like you fucking, you know, beat people up. And I'm like, no, but <laughs> it's just, I, I just feel so much fucking better. You're my alive. mental clarity, my fucking physical abilities. I'm not fucking depressed. Like I'm doing stuff. I'm literally hit. I couldn't, couldn't hit a fucking jump without like having three beers. And now I'm just doing it sober and I'm like actually like pro- like calculating it, the risk of it. And it's like, I'm doing it smoother, better, not fucking nervous. Like I never would, I never would have hit all those jumps at LACR yeah. before. I think this is what people have to hear, you know, like yeah. hearing it from Stephanie, the, the past she's had yeah. when you're in the thick of addiction and even drinking a couple beers, you don't think there's a different side of that. And then when you're sober and seeing Stephanie, like, how much more fun you're having, how better you're riding. Like it can be done. Of course. And when you're in that, you don't think that you're like, there's no way. So yes. it's just a beautiful example that, you know, what, how rad life can be. Dude. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, especially everything that you've been through. I mean, you've been through so time after time throughout your story, just shit throwing it, shit throwing it, shit throwing it. But you've been able to just crawl out and then just go like one step higher like in your life like just reaching these levels fucking some bad stuff happens you make your way out and you get to this next level and then the next level and now you're at this point in your life where you're in control like you are fully in control i I finally feel like i'm the fucking one making the decisions and and it's not like some kind of vice i have to fucking reach for to like oh i can't do this without doing this or i can't do this without doing this it's like this is what i fucking want and this is fucking feels awesome. And I'm going to fucking run with it as long as I can. That's exactly you know? it. And I feel younger <laughs> than I am. I feel fucking better. Like I feel better now than I did in my twenties when I was just fucking raging, getting away with it. You yes, know, yes, like, yes. it's great. It's a great fucking feeling. And for the stuff that I'm doing, like, I don't know. I, I think I would be considered a little bit on the older side, but like, I don't <laughs> feel that way. You know, I feel like I'm fucking doing shit. That's like, I don't, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be rolling into this. Like in, when I'm like 50, exactly. I'm still going to be fucking yes, burning yes, it, dude. Yes, like, yes, yes. I have no plan that. on like slowing down <laughs> anytime soon, you know, until the fucking wheels fall off. That's exactly it. That's it. Ah, man, you I are. I feel like I hate that people are so fucking like <laughs> enclosed, like it trapped by a, a fucking number. I'm like, this is, if you feel good, fucking run it. Oh, absolutely. I, I, but I also feel that um, as time like progresses, like I feel like 50 year olds today look so much younger than 50 year olds from like the 80s and 90s. Right. And just 100%. it's just it, it's just light years and age is just a number. That's a, that's fucking all it is. Right. You yeah. have you have a 40 or 50 year old that fucking looks like crap, doesn't take care of themselves, obese, whatever. And you have a 40, 50 year old that is, you know, keeping up with fucking the 19 and 20 yeah, year olds. Right. 100%, right. Yeah. It's it's. It's a physical, mental, spiritual uh, thing that it's really important to be in control of, right? When I uh, when I first started hitting ramps, um, I was riding at Jimmy Jimmy Fitzpatrick's house, and I think it was like I was like twenty eight, maybe twenty nine, and or maybe thirty. Fuck, I don't know. I I would go ride, and I was like, I'm just too fucking old for this. I'm just too fucking old for this. And I would sit there, and I'd say it over, and and I remember um, one of our friends, he passed away he's passed away but he's like stephanie do you know how fucking old i am i'm like what no his name was paul and he's like i'm fucking 50 i'm like no fucking way 
He's like, every time I do a backflip, I'm the oldest dude to do a backflip. And this motherfucker could rip. Like, he rode. He was one of the best riders ever. He's like, don't ever say that you're too old. He didn't even hit a ramp till he was like 32. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, he raced. Granted, he raced and rode, and he was a fucking ripper. But, but he still. never hit a ramp and did freestyle till he was like 32. So I was like, oh, what the fuck am I complaining about? You know, like, the dude's a fucking badass. Like, it's possible. Yeah. You know, if you really want, you want to do it fucking do it you know Absolutely. like i have the means to do it and i'm healthy and i'm young so that's it that's it that's yeah, it that changed my perspective a lot that was fucking i won't ever forget that you know <laughs> yeah as we start to wrap this up right i don't know uh you're an inspiration like yeah. straight the fuck up you are an inspiration and i it's so crazy when 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 scummy and i were talking uh what december november whatever the fuck it was um he was just he was just really talking about you and saying like you had to come on and share your story and um that you you're you're like an inspiration and i didn't understand i didn't understand i know i told him i was like are you sure i i I I understand and i get it bro I get it. And, and, you know, for the people listening, they're going to really gravitate towards your message, you know, and it's not everyone's life is painted easy. Uh, but just because your life isn't easy doesn't mean that you can't make it the best possible life ever. You know, we're, we're dealt these cards fucking some better, some worse. I said that earlier, but you, have been able to just, if you would have just kept on going straight, who knows where your life would have been. You said, fuck that. I'm going to make it my own. And even after everything, every single time, um, you just become a better and bigger and better person. And so I appreciate you coming on here to share your story. No, absolutely. This is the first time like, and I really do want to kind of try to open up more about this stuff, but this is the first time I've really, like I said, have opened up about this stuff. And I, like it's just weird because I've been thinking like, man, I really should like start talking to people about this. And then this opportunity is like, here, here's your opportunity, you know? Yeah. So I really appreciate you having me on. You know? oh, of it's course. Awesome. Of course. Absolutely. You definitely like, seriously start, start your own fucking podcast, girl. Like seriously, like straight the fuck up. Like I'm a huge proponent, like for people starting the, that, that especially, um, that are interesting cool you know inspiring like you should start your own it's so fucking easy uh and people would I love to think listen. about it but then i'm just like oh, i just want to go ride motorcycles <laughs> i get it i get it i get I it well you you know you, they're sad whatever fuck yeah. it if you ever want to let me know um that being said as we wrap this up um one is there any last words that you want to say and then you want to wrap up i just i really I just really hope that, um, you know, if, if anybody listens to this, like they can always feel free to reach out to me too. Like, I really love getting messages from people. If there's anything that I can do to fucking help, like in any way, shape or form, like I don't want anybody to hesitate reaching out to me because that's why I want to do this. This is like the biggest reason, you know? And, um, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me like, I, I have a Facebook, but I hardly ever fucking use it. But Instagram is like my main social. It's Ms. MZ. P I E T Z, Ms. Pete's my last name. Say that one more time. You kind of back there. Ms. Pete. <laughs> it's not Pites, it's Pete's, but it's my last name. Um, 
I always check my messages on there and, and like my requests and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I try to do the best I can about getting back to people, but I'm really interested in like seeing, um, like it's not, I'm not interested. Like I, I just really, I really want to help people, you know? And if there's anybody that's struggling and if they ever feel like they're alone, like fucking reach out to me yeah. because you're not alone. Absolutely. You know? And that's what we're doing this here for. And I want to, you know, try to do it more often. <laughs> That's so fucking cool, man. Um, I will put your... I think somebody wants the mic. I'll I'll hand it over to the assistant. (laughs) The assistant producer. (laughs) I will put uh, your information in the show notes and all that stuff. So they'll be able to find you. Yes, sir. I just think with uh, social media, what you guys say, everybody paints this picture of how happy their lives are. And there needs to be more people like Stephanie. Yeah, She helps so many people. She's helped me to show that like you can have this life, but you can change it. And you can become stronger from it. She is the strongest person I know. And like, it's just, it's amazing to hear this story. And uh, she's helped me a lot. She's just, it can be done, dude. Like, it's very easy to stay on that path, but you can just say, fuck it. I want to be better, dude. And that's what she's doing. And uh, even you got to talk about your calendars because it's so cool what she does with her calendars. She doesn't pay some guy to like do all this. She sets up the photo shoots. She makes the calendars. She ships them out herself. What? It's killing. Where do people? I mean, I'm a Come fan. I bought, I bought six of them. And Jesus. after this interview, <laughs> yes, no. hit them with it. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah. So I do. I started a calendar. I did a calendar. Obviously, I do modeling. I do photo shoots. And I started a calendar last year of some photos that I just had. I just put it together. And I was like, I'm going to see how it does. And it did pretty well. So I put out a calendar this year. I was going to just do calendar posters because I was so strapped for time with COVID, with printing, with everything. I just didn't have time to do it. So I ended up banging out a whole 12-page calendar. And um, I set up the photo shoots myself. They're all my motorcycles. That's not it. That's a poster. (laughs) Go back. Yeah, the calendars that right above it, right above it. Right. It's a bit, a bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's one of the pictures that's in there. So I, I set up a, the photo shoots. Um, that, that picture was actually taken at my place of work, the overwatch precision. That's one of my boss's firearms. Um, I use my truck. Oh shit. That's all of them. That's it's a, yeah, it's a pretty fast picture, but it's got my flat track bike in it. My Harley Davidson that I ride my FXR, Dude. Um, my truck. So everything's all of my stuff that I've worked my ass off to get. And um, I made it all work and I put it all together in one week and then did pre-orders. And I still have, I think, I don't know, like 50 left maybe. So if you're interested in buying them, there's a link on my um, in my bio on Instagram that will take you to buy a calendar. Awesome. Well, we'll put the link. I'll just I'll put send the link you one that. for free. You don't uh, have to pay. <laughs> no, I'll support it. I'll you support you. <laughs> I'll put the link in the, um, the show notes. Yeah, it's though. just stephaniepeets.com. Perfect. It's perfect. My yep. Boom, 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 boom. I know my, my manager over here. Yes, I know. <laughs> push your calendars. Push Seriously, your calendars. push that shit. Is there anything else? That That's it. I think that's it. That's all right. Everything. All right. All right. That I once again thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for having me on. Like seriously, this was just an awesome experience for me. Thank you, thank you. Well, we'll do it again for sure in the future. Dude, I'm so down. Absolutely. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Peace, motherfucker. Wowzers, thank you so much. Thank you. You made it this far. You're finally at the end, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Thank you so much, Stephanie. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, your your story definitely uh, 
it just made me think. Uh, I remember after recording the podcast, I just kept on thinking about your boyfriend and how one second we're here and then one second we're not. And we don't know what our day is going to look like. You know, it's a, it's a truly a blink of an eye uh, that anything could happen. And, uh, you know, being the person that I am, I, I really take these podcasts to heart. And so I, I remember the night when we were done recording, I, I just was having to talk with my cousin and I was a little baked. And I just, I, I don't know, I, I looked it up, you know, just like car deaths and the amount and all of that. And, and I checked out, uh, you know, Tesla safety features, uh, you know, compared to other cars. And it just blew my mind away. Um, pretty much the article that I was reading is that for every mile that there's an accident in a traditional car, it takes 10 miles for that same type of accident to happen in a Tesla on full autopilot. And uh, it just it just got, I said, fuck that. We're getting the wife of Tesla and we're gonna be picking her up a, a Model Y. We're going to get it this Monday. And, and trust me, you know, although the ticket prices is, is a lot, the, the safety features is, it's incomparable and 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 uh my wife's life to me is everything she is my rock and um and she's worth it and so stephanie uh my heart goes out to you sweetheart and every person that has lost someone um in a car accident it's i yeah um that being said thank you guys so much for listening thank you thank you thank you uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with a friend, family member, pass this message along. I really hope that you guys are enjoying this. Uh, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com backslash back to your story. Also head over to our Instagram and follow us. Uh, you can just look up, you know, instagram.com backslash back to your story. Just do at back to your story. Uh, thank you guys. Have a wonderful night. Peace. Smooches. Ooh.